0: Good morning. I have a word from the Lord for somebody today. Um, I was reading in the book of Second Chronicles. And the purpose of this was I was actually reading because I was looking for um, something I needed for another study. Actually, I was looking for a text um, referencing what God had done for his people. With just one angel, um, so here I started reading about the account in Second Chronicles 32, where Hezekiah, um, under the leadership of Hezekiah, there is this um, wicked king and kingdom of Syria, Assyria, who is trying to take down Jerusalem, and. The thing that was so clear is the propaganda that he used to try to invoke fear in the people and the importance of having a strong leader whose dependence was on the Lord to deliver them being key and critical to their victory. Um, and so that's just kind of like the background um of this text, but I want us to really look at what's happening here, and um, what Sennacherib's um, approach was to come against the people of God. And I want you to see how the people responded, and I want you to see how Hezekiah responded, and how Hezekiah's um, response was. So key to winning the people into understanding um, where their victory was going to come from. So I'm going to start at verse nine. Well, in actuality, I really need to start the first one. So we're going to read so we can get a context of what's happening here. Um, we know that this is the king Hezekiah is the king of Judah. All right. Uh, he's the king of Judah, and um, excuse me, y'all. This is gonna be real raw. Um, I, but I, I want to make sure that there's no interruptions, and oh, these notifications from my computer can be disruptive. So, excuse me. Like I said, this is not something that's practiced or anything like that. So, this is just. I'm not even going to edit this. So, you might hear a lot of stuttering. You might hear a lot of um, sighs. You might hear a lot of Um, You know teeth chatter And all that kind of stuff But the bottom line is the most important thing you need to hear If you are a person of God If you are the people of God Is you need to hear what thus says the Lord for you In this hour And I believe the answer Is here In this text So 2nd Chronicles 32 1 Um And of course, you would need to read 31 to see what the after part is about. Because again, for those who are not aware, the Bible was not written in chapters and verses. These things were added for references for us to make it easier for us to reference things. But they didn't come with that. So after these things and the establishment thereof, Sennacherib, king of Assyria, came and entered into Judah and encamped against the fenced cities and thought to win them for himself. And when Hezekiah saw that Sennacherib was come and that he was purposed to fight against Jerusalem, he took counsel with his princes and his mighty men to stop the waters of the fountains, which were without the city. And they did help him. So it's important to have good help. I want you to understand that one. Two, I also want you to look at this from a perspective of if you understand anyone who knows ancient Hebrew, the the thing that caught my attention just in reading this is what he did in stopping the waters of the fountains. And if you understand that in ancient Hebrew, there is actually a character in the ancient Hebrew characters that is called mem. It is the picture of water waves and um, water is. If you see it in other contexts of scripture, like in Revelation and not just Revelation, but that's the one that comes to my mind right now, where it's like the water, the seas is connected to people. It's uh, metaphorically speaking of people is the terminology that's used to talk about people. Um, but the important part of it is that when God's people are withdrawn from an area it becomes dry and when things become dry you become dehydrated and so you automatically are weakened in your position. So the strategic point is when it's just like when it says in scripture that, um, that there would be a famine in the last days. Not a famine for food or water but it would be a famine for the word and so I just want to put that in your ear. But anyway, so mighty men to stop the waters of the map fountains, which were without the city and they did help him. So there was gathered. Again, we talk about much people together. So here we also see the creation week, because what happens that he says that there was a gathering of the waters. He called them seas. There's this um, understanding that there's a gathering of the people. Back again, talking about how seas are always connected to also people. So there was gathered much people together who stopped all the fountains and the brook that ran through the midst of the land, saying, Why should the kings of Assyria come and find much water? Also, he strengthened himself and built up all the wall that was broken and raised it up to the towers, and another wall without, and repaired Milo, the city of David, and made darts and shields in abundance. So here I want you to see that we need to repair some things. And notice that it specifically, although they, they it lets you know that they prepared some cities without, some cities within, it's specifically points out the city of David and why that is key because if we understand David was a warrior right he he didn't lost he didn't lose any battles but it's also significant because David was a worshiper and a lot of his victory came in his worship and it came in his trust in God it didn't matter how big he how big the giants were or how small they were. His trust was in God. His dependency was in God. He sought God to find out if he would have victory before he even went to battle. So I want you to understand why that is important about building up that that sure foundation, that example we have in what was already written. Knowing what is written. So I want you to understand what it means for you today. Because we are in a war. And there is a, a Sennacherib that's trying to present itself as being bigger than our God. And that Sennacherib that's trying to present itself as being bigger than our God is a virus. But nonetheless, it's a Goliath and it can be taken down. And I want you to understand that. And it's not just the virus, but it's the powers that be... Um, that give strength to that virus. It's the perspective you have of that virus that gives power to that virus. And the only way you're going to dismantle the power of the virus, the power of the Sennacheribs that's trying to provoke fear in you is to know who your God is, to raise up the tabernacle of David, meaning in praise and worship of the one true God Trusting and believing and knowing that he can deliver you. There can be no doubt that our God is for us. And the way that we open up that doubt is if we do not fortify the cities of truth that he's provided for us. In other words, you have to know not only who God is, but who you are in God. And you cannot know that if you do not know what the scripture has said. If you do not know what the promises are. What God has promised you So I don't know who needed to hear that But I'm telling you That the key to your deliverance Is in knowing what the word of God is In this hour And what it is for you So here we go Because we're going to find victory today I'm telling you I (laughs) I just know it Okay, so he took counsel with his princes and his mighty men to stop the waters of the fountains which were without the city and they did help him. Um, okay, I read that. Also, he strengthened himself. I'm on verse 5. And he strengthened himself and built up all this wall that... Okay, I read that. Ah, and built... Now, I'm read it again. And built up all the wall that was broken and raised it up to the towers and another wall without... And rem- prepared Milo in the city of David and made darts and shields in abundance. So he prepared himself. So see, this is what I want you to understand, that your body is a fortified city. He said, know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? So just because God gives you the victory doesn't mean he don't expect you to prepare for battle. We don't know how he's gonna give us the victory. We can't dictate how that's gonna happen. But we there is some things we can do to prepare ourselves. So you need to be able to identify what mode of preparation you need to make, whatever it is God has given you um, to strengthen yourself against this battle. And so and he set captains of war over the people, and gathered them together to him in the street of the gate of the city and spake comfortably to them. Okay, so here I want to talk about what I see transpiring and what should be transpiring. We have leadership and and when I say leadership, I'm saying leadership who um, how can I put this who whether they know it or not their actions are not provoking confidence they're provoking fear they're saying these things about this virus and these numbers and this thing is a killer they're giving way more power to the virus than to our God And so here is what was done. You know, we can't give power to these things that have no power. We must give power to the one who can deliver us, not to the enemy. Anything that's coming in as an invader to take you out is an enemy. And we should not give power to that enemy. And Hezekiah being um, under the authority of God, being a righteous king, understood the importance of giving credit, giving power, giving voice to the king of glory as our deliverer. That, hey, whatever this Sennacherib is, our God is bigger. And so he had to speak life to the people. And so, listen, the word of God is here to speak life to you. You don't have to continue to walk in fear, you don't have to continue to be um, in lockdown in your physical bodies because here is where God is speaking to us. Be strong and courageous. Verse 7, be not afraid nor dismayed for the king of Assyria, nor for all the multitude that is with him. For there be more with us than with him. Now, I want you to understand this. There are two audiences being spoken to if you think about it. And you need to understand which part you are in. When this message of comfort is not for those who are not a part of God's people, there's a very specific audience that Hezekiah is addressing, and it is the people of God. He gathered together the people of God and he delivered this message. So, to you who are walking with the Lord, to you who are facing a battle, a battle of your mind, a battle of fear, a battle of concern about you know what could happen to you if you could contract this virus. I want you to understand that if you are walking with the Lord, you can be strong and courageous, that you are not to be afraid nor dismayed because of the threats, because of the propaganda that's being hurled at you nor for all the multitude. Don't be concerned about the multitude of the cases and all these things that are taking place because there be more with you than with it. Okay? Verse 8, With him is an arm of flesh, but with us is Yehovah our God to help us. And to fight our battles. So the song is really true. This battle is not ours. It's the Lord's. But only if we don't give it to him. And the people rested themselves upon the words of Hezekiah, king of Judah. So let me be very clear on what's important here. What's important is having leadership that's under God, so whoever you're listening to, whoever is the leader of your being, and I'm not talking about just in a natural, you know, you have uh, leaders and you have presidential leaders. You have leaders who are leaders over this whole virus epidemic thing that's going on, but I'm talking about who is leading you, who, who do you consider the master of your being? of your going in and coming out? Who's the one who's the lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path? Who's directing you? What is his message to you? If he's telling you to be afraid, then be afraid. But if he's telling you to be strong and courageous, you should rest in that. If he's telling you he's going to fight your battle, you should be able to rest in that. If your spirit is not at rest in that, then maybe you don't have the right leader. Because Sennacherib and his crew should be shaking in their boots. They're not, but they should be. They're boasting and they're confident, but they don't have what Hezekiah has. So let's keep reading because we need to know what Hezekiah has. So verse 9, after this did Sennacherib king of Assyria send his servants to Jerusalem, but he himself laid siege against Lachish and all his power with him unto Hezekiah king of Judah and unto all Judah that were at Jerusalem, saying, Thus saith Sennacherib king of Assyria, Whereon do ye trust that ye abide in the siege in Jerusalem? Mm -hmm. Does not Hezekiah persuade you to give over yourselves to die by famine and by thirst, saying, Yehovah, our God, shall deliver us out of the hand of the king of Assyria. So what does he do? He comes to mock. That's what the enemy does. He comes to mock what God said. That's That's what he's always done. It's not a different trick. That's what he did with Eve. Did God surely say you'll die? So you have to know the trick of the enemy. So whatever God says, he's going to say the opposite. That's what the enemy does. So God tells them the rest. God tells them that he's going to deliver them, that he's going to be their help. And what does the enemy say? (laughs) You came to trust that? He tells you not to trust what God says. Have not the same Hezekiah taken away his high places and his altars and commanded Judah and Jerusalem saying, ye shall worship before one altar and burn incense upon it. So what happens when you begin to worship the one true God? When you take away the altars of Baal, when you take away all of the um gods of the Egypt that you're in? Whatever they may be that the world tells you to trust in, to put your trust in, to put your faith in, to put your hope in. When you take down those altars, whatever it is that the world, whatever it is that the system, whatever it is that the um powers that be are telling you to push up as some kind of mighty one. And you say, no, no. <laughs> The devil is a liar. I will put my trust in one in God. Mm. I will worship in I will worship at one altar, the appointed one, which is what Hezekiah was doing. Mm. I will burn incense only upon it in what? In line with what scripture has said in obedience. So Hezekiah already knew because God has already faithfully proven that when we obey him. He shows up for us when we walk with him. He, he's going to make sure you are not put to shame. This is what even Moses depended on when the children of Israel were out of line. He said, "No, for your namesake, you can't have your name blasphemed before the heathen, saying that God couldn't deliver His people." And so he hearkened for his namesake. He wrought for his namesake. So trust me, he's not going to let his name be blasphemed. You know, we may not think much about our character. We may do things that may not be in line with our God. But he's always looking out for us and for his name. To be great. That's that's the whole point. That his name would be known. And not blaspheme amongst the heathen. So he shows up. When, when we put trust in him. Okay. So know ye not what I and my fathers have done. Unto all the people of other lands. So what did he do? Oh wait. You know this thing is global. <laughs> they didn't get delivered. What makes you think you going to get delivered? Were the gods of the nations of those lands any ways able to deliver their lands out of mine hand? Listen, folks, I mean if you even just think about if you just even think about how our nation came into being, the the power that it it has become. You know, the many um battles that we had to fight foreign And domestic to be able to preserve even this form of government that we have Um, and understand that that was by divine providence because we are one of the nations where the gospel has gone into the world. So what God protected us because of his namesake, he was not going to allow a nation that was responsible for putting out the gospel so that the world could get it to just go to nothing. But remember, our blessings was contingent upon our obedience. So once we're no longer obedient, a hand can be withdrawn. See, all of this that Hezekiah was able to accomplish wasn't being accomplished by the northern kingdom. Why? Because the minute that we start putting up other idols, other altars, trusting in other gods to be our deliverer, we remove the hand of God in our deliverance. We start getting involved in things like human trafficking and getting involved in pornography and things that we start placing the altars. We're no longer spreading the gospel, but we're now instead spreading filth and garbage in the world. We've gone the way of Canaan (laughs) and we will reap if we don't repent. Like Nineveh, we will reap <sighs> mm. what well, we have sown. So, here we go. Know ye not what I and my fathers have done unto all the people of other lands? Were the gods of the nations of those lands any ways able to deliver their lands out of mine hand? Who was there among all the gods of those nations that my fathers utterly destroyed that could deliver his people out of mine hand? That your God should be able to deliver you out of mine hand? Now therefore, let not Hezekiah deceive you. So, who was he directing his message to? The people. Oh, he's completely skipping over the authority, he's going directly to the people. This is his propaganda, this is his media. Did we not see that taking place? Do we not see that taking place? That the servants, that these messengers. <laughs> are going out on the airways, taking their propaganda to the people. We saw all oh, that happen even last year. And totally disregard what whoever is in power is saying. And look, this is not about supporting any party. Please understand this. I'm not trying to promote or propagate anything. But I want you to take note of something. That God has not changed Way he feels about authority and how we respect or disrespect authority, um, that that does not change, and it doesn't matter who the authority is, whether the, the authority is for or against God, because guess what, all authority is of God. Scripture tells us that, and even Yeshua, when brought before Pontius Pilate, spoke. Not. So listen. I mean, it doesn't matter what you think um, about whoever is in power, whether you're for or against someone. It's one thing to talk about policies that are invoking um, um, certain judgments and speaking in the light. Of scriptural realities, because that's a different thing. For me to be able to say that, you know, when Jeroboam started placing altars up, that God's hands stopped being removed, and we're doing that or comparing us to that. It's one thing to do that, it's something else if we start calling names, if we start trying to um, pull down the authority even if they're wrong. And we see the greatest example of that in the Apostle Paul, who, even though he was being wronged when he was smitten contrary to the law, he didn't continue to go along that route. He, He understood that there's a scripture that says you should not speak evil of a ruler of your people. So whoever the ruler of your people be, they are in the hands of the Lord. However, just know that if you have a wicked leader and especially if it's a wicked leader of a nation that's supposed to be under God that puts their trust in God who says that the creator of heavens and earth is their God and they get their inalienable rights from that God that as a result is just like because Hezekiah was for God it brought victory to the people of God. Likewise, it works in reverse. If your leadership is against God, it's going to bring destruction upon the people who are there. So I'm not by any means trying to diminish that we have a a lot to pray about. (laughs) When we see the things that are happening and if, if these type of words are not being spoken with in conjunction with these type of actions taking place, because Hezekiah, again, was in obedience to God. We can't just proclaim the victory, OK, if we're not also walking in the obedience. But um, so he wrote also letters to rail on the Lord God of Israel and to speak against him saying, and here's where the blaspheme comes, as the gods of the nations of other lands have not delivered their people out of mine hand, so shall not the God of Hezekiah deliver his people out of mine hand. Then they cried with a loud voice in the Jews speech unto the people of Jerusalem that were on the wall. So what's the significance of the fact that they crowd, they, they they spoke in the Jews' speech, which would be Hebrew because they understand the importance of language. See, this whole the whole issue with the Tower of Babel it was changed. Why? Because of a language. Because languages were then put in place and what did it do? It scattered the people. So don't Don't negate the power of your voice. That's why the enemy wants to shut it up. That's why he wants it to mask it. That's why he wants to cause confusion. Because your voice has power. Especially. Especially if it's in line with the word of God. So, to affright them. And to trouble them, that they might take the city. See, that's why I say. You speak in my language. What language do you speak? Be careful. (laughs) And they spake against the God of Jerusalem, as against the gods of the people of the earth, which were the work of the hands of man. And for this cause, Hezekiah the king and the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos, prayed and cried to heaven. So listen to me. We've got to have the type of leadership that is praying and crying to heaven. You have to appeal to a higher authority. If you're going to be delivered from some of the things that are demonic forces. You have to even be wanting that to happen. But if we're looking to something that is. uh, How did he put it? The work of the hands of man. To be our deliverer. God will give us what we're looking for. If you're looking for something that was made in a laboratory to deliver you. You're going to get what you're looking for. But it ain't going to be the answer. So you have a choice. Put your trust in the hands of man, in that which comes from the hand of man, or put your trust in God. It's just, it's just the only answer. And so, and for this cause, Hezekiah the king and the prophet Isaiah the son of Amos prayed and cried to heaven. And Yahweh sent an angel which cut off all the mighty men of valor and the leaders and captains in the camp of the king of Assyria. So he returned with shame of face to his own land. And when he was come into the house of his God, they that came forth of his own bowels slew him there with the sword. So listen, y'all. God did this with an angel, not angels, but with an angel. They, I want you to go back and think about this now, because guess what? Hezekiah had the people preparing for battle. You know what I'm saying? He had them, Um we, we read it above, you know, they were making sword, you know, they were, they were getting their weapons ready. You hear me? They were getting their weapons prepared for the battle as though they were going to have to go in and fight and they didn't even have to fight. This is what I, this is the word I want you to understand here. I don't want to diminish the severity of the situation we find ourselves in because I do recognize we find ourselves in a very critical place in history, and I don't believe that we are not to be sober in it. I believe that there are. There, there are lessons God is trying to show us through this process, no doubt. He's showing us where we are in biblical time, where it's coinciding with current events, but he's also showing us where we are in our hearts. So I want you to really consider who it is and what it is you're putting your trust in. How are you preparing um, for your deliverance, what is it that you are putting your hope in because if you're putting your hope in something that comes from the hand of man, the invention of man the the um um potions of man whatever it is and you're not being led by the spirit of God that you're allowing the fear to take hold of you if the fear of Sennacherib is what's feeding you through the tube that you're watching every day and that's what's leading you, you're not being led by the Spirit of God because the Spirit of God is going to speak primarily to you through His Word. You're going to They weren't depending on outside sources for their deliverance. They were depending on the faithfulness of God as he revealed his faithfulness, not just in their past, but in their present. They were depending on the fact that, hey, they are walking in covenant with the God of Israel, who's faithfully delivered them from every enemy when they put their trust in him. If you're speaking, if, if what's making the decisions for you is what's being um, pushed primarily through media. And that's where the bulk of your decisions are coming from. And it's not coming from putting your trust in God. If it's not coming from you crying out to heaven for direction, for instruction, for wisdom. And only you know this then you're following the voices of the servants of Sennacherib. Because Sennacherib wasn't pushing what the God of Israel was saying. He was trying to cause his, his victory could only come if the people weren't resting in what God said through Hezekiah. If the people weren't resting in that, his, his um, mode of operanda, his means of disrupting, of winning the battle was going to only be able to come if he can remove the rest from the people. If he, and you remove the rest from the people when you don't have the word of God being spoken to the people. So here is the lesson. And I said all of this to say that we went through all these scriptures because in these scriptures are the key to your deliverance during this time. You need to be able to identify who Sennacherib is today. You need to be able to clearly identify what are the weapons that God is telling you to prepare for the battle today. You need to be able to clearly identify the propaganda the sea of words that are coming against the people of God and you need to shut it off. You need to shut the faucet of that word off so that the enemy cannot have, cannot have access to you. You need to cut that access off. You need to cut off the water of that propaganda and only you can do it. Only you can choose what comes into these ears that you have. And either you're going to hear, oh, Israel, what Yehovah has to say, or you're going to hearken unto the voice of Sennacherib and what his propaganda machine has to say. But you have the ability to cut the faucet off. You have the ability to stop the sea of propaganda from tainting the rest that God has given you. And this message again is only for those who follow the voice of the most high. He is our protection. And even and you got to have the mentality that Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego had that even if our God doesn't deliver us, even if the worst happens to us, we will not bow to any other gods. You need to be rested in that today. I hope somebody is blessed by this. I, I really believe and I submit this to the body that this is of the Lord, that we have got to put our trust in. In him. He is our deliverer. And if we're trusting in anything else. We're going to be disappointed. Shalom.